Welcome to the Equine Connection Podcast, where health, nutrition, and love for the horse come together. This podcast is brought to you by Tribute Superior Equine Nutrition. I'm Dr. Chris Mortensen. And I'm Dr. Nicole Rambo. It's good to see you, Nicole. How are you doing? I am doing well. How about yourself, Chris? Doing great, doing great. Uh, you know, it's been sunny, it's beautiful, and always love talking about horses. Today, talking about overweight horses, pretty common problem, right? Yes, it is unfortunately a common problem, kind of just like companion pets. Obesity in the horse population is rising for a lot of different reasons. You know, one study I looked at estimated over 50% of horses are obese. I believe that. I, I do believe that because you're right. It, when you talk about like our companion animals, especially in the United States, we love them so much that we feed them too much because <laughs> we love them so much. Absolutely. And I will say, personally, I would much rather feed a hard keeper than an easy keeper because logically, I completely understand how I feed an overweight horse, why I do it. But even I can't help but feel that little bit of guilt when I feed, you know, my tiny bit of ration balancer and my carefully portioned hay and I turn my horse out in a grazing muzzle. I'm so sorry, Rocky, but you are fat. That is the way it has to be. But I, I get how this happens. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's easy. It, it is easy. It is easy. And and thankfully, it's, it, it's coming from a place of love. But today, we're really going to talk about this because physi- physiological speaking, I mean, it is not good for them to be overweight. No, I think we've talked a lot in past podcasts about the risks of equine metabolic syndrome, and we definitely know that overweight horses are at greater risk. Of course, there are some other dietary and genetic factors there too, but that's a number one risk for equine metabolic syndrome. And then even thinking about things like their performance horses, that additional weight, it just puts more strain on their joints. It makes it harder for them to do their job. All of those things kind of play together in this negative health impacts of horses being overweight. Yes. Yes. You can love them too much. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I, th- I think to start this off, it- it'd be really good to kind of talk about body condition scoring, a quick review of that. You know, what is it? How do you do it? How do you diagnose your horses being overweight? Absolutely. So the body condition scoring system, it's been around since the 80s. It's very simple. So it's a scale of one to nine. One is completely emaciated. Nine is super, super obese. We consider horses to be healthy in a range of a body condition score of four to six. So a horse that's a five right down the middle would be a horse where we can easily feel but not easily see their ribs. Four, you're going to see a hint of ribs. Six, you're going to have to push a little bit harder, but you can still feel their ribs. Talking about the overweight horse, if you're getting to the point where like, wow, I'm putting a lot of pressure and it's, I'm having trouble feeling their ribs or, oh my God, I can't find them at all. Those are good indicators that your horse is overconditioned, that they're carrying too much body weight. Now, to be fair, depending on the breed of the horse, the job they do, horses in different disciplines or breeds will kind of shift along that healthy range. Like we wouldn't expect a thoroughbred racehorse to be the same body condition score as a halter horse, but both could fall in the healthy range. Right. I, yeah, I remember working on the track and it, they looked so skinny to me, but you know, again, I wasn't a trained eye back then, you know, young college student and 
you know, they were probably four, four and a half. It's mm-hmm. so muscular. I mean, just ripped, you know, like you would say to a horse, beautiful, beautiful horses. But, you know, I used to think they were skinny. And then I go work with broodmares and I'm like, oh, you guys look fat, you know, <laughs> <laughs> so, which we've talked about. We've talked about. Now, one of the things you mentioned earlier, and I, I think it's 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 just good for some people that, that don't know, what's an easy keeper? You know, I guess versus a hard keeper, because we throw that term around a lot. And so it might be easy to uh, easy. What's easy about an easy keeper? It'd be good to define that for the listeners. Yeah, that's a great question. And it's interesting because your definition of easy and hard keeper probably depends a bit on what you do. But broadly speaking, an easy keeper is a horse who can maintain its body condition on very little, if any, concentrate. So it means that the forge alone does all the job to keep the weight on that horse and keep them at a body condition score. A really easy keeper is one that will be fat, even on just hay or just turnout. Um you know, we call it an air fern, kind of terms like that get thrown around for the really easy keeper. On the opposite end, the hard keeper is the horse who is going to need some supplemental calories beyond what just comes in their forage to maintain their weight. So for some people, a hard keeper is any horse that you have to feed additional grain beyond a a ration balancer. Other people are like, oh, I don't think about a hard keeper until they're having to eat 8, 10, 12 pounds of additional grain per day. So it does vary a little bit, but broadly speaking, easy keeper doesn't really need additional calories or getting it all from their forage. Hard keeper needs some amount of additional calories beyond just their forage. Now, really quickly, you, you mentioned something that that's interesting. I know in, in past podcasts, we've talked about this, but for the easy keeper, if they're just on a hay diet, why not just keep them on that? Why feed them concentrate? And a lot of horses, that's all they're fed. And it's really the difference between mating their calorie needs, which is super easy and meeting all their nutritional needs, because even the best quality hay or grass is not going to provide adequate amounts of all the essential amino acids, vitamins, and minerals. So even for our easy keepers, there is a small gap that we need to fill in just to make sure that their nutrient cup is full. So when they're challenged in some way, whether you're, you know, showing and traveling with them, there's some sort of sickness that comes through the barn, they have an injury, they have all the nutrients in order to be able to get through any challenges in their body and really thrive. We're talking about optimal wellness versus just, you know, a horse who is eating enough calories. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So that's where a, a, a ration balancer comes in, right? So we may be jumping ahead a little bit here, but thinking about the overall diet of the overweight horse, forage, we can talk in depth about how we're going to control that, but you still have to fill in the gaps and you have a couple different options. The one I tend to rely on the most is a ration balancer. So either essential K or wholesome blends balancer. These are low rates of intake. So for your thousand pound horse, who's really not working very hard, you're only looking at a pound per day. So the calories there are very minimal compared to what's in the forage but they're packed with nutrients, all the ones that support the top line, support hoof quality, boost the immune system, all of those really important things. Now, we could also potentially accomplish this with something like a loose mineral. Um, There are lots of blocks available too. Those are a little challenging because you have to rely on the horse to actually eat them. And what you find in practice is they typically 
all don't consume that target daily rate. It fluctuates a bit. Some of them won't touch them at all. So for that reason, I tend to like the ration balancer the most because it's a low calorie way that I can get all of those good nutrients in and guarantee that they're getting what they need every day. I mean, only a pound a day, right? So if a 50 pound bag of feed is going to last quite a while. (laughs) Yes. it, It ends up being a really economical way to feed a horse. So Generally, if someone isn't familiar with a ration balancer, I kind of go through my whole spiel and then I'm like, I want to warn you compared to, you know, a regular type of feed that's meant to be fed at four five, six pounds minimum per day, the ration balancer is going to be more expensive, but it's going to last a long time. You could, of course, you know, use your regular concentrate and only feed a pound of it. But if it's meant to be fed at four five, six pounds per day minimum, that means you're not providing your horse all of the essential nutrients it was designed to provide. So in a way, underfeeding that type of concentrate to the overweight horse really becomes empty calories because it's not providing their nutritional needs. And then you're adding calories to the diet. Why even go there at that point? Right, right. Well, okay, to to reverse things and the overweight horse. So we're talking about meeting their nutrient needs. What nutrients is an overweight horse getting too much of? Calories or energy. So that's the primary nutrient that's going to put body condition on. So those are going to come from sources like sugar and starch, fat, and fiber. So for most horses, unless we're feeding a lot of concentrate and they're overweight, most of the overweight horses tend to be those easy keepers. So most of those calories are coming from either their turnout, so grass, or their hay, And that's coming from fiber sources. So that fiber is converted into calories in the hindgut of the horse and then absorbed. And it's used to, you know, support all of their bodily functions. Plus, that's what keeps the actual level of fat on their body. Okay. Okay. Now, talking about, okay, if I go and then my horse is in a body condition score of six or seven, my gelding, and I'm like, all right, I'm feeding you too much. I got to look at my diet and adjust. So if I'm feeding them concentrate, would, we, would I just switch to a ration balancer? I know we just talked about that, but would that be the the smartest move? So let's say I'm feeding five pounds of common easy a day with this horse. How would I look at that diet and go, okay, I don't want to completely eliminate concentrate. So I just would switch that to a ration balancer. Generally, yes, this is all super individual. So that's why we offer those personalized feeding consultations. But I'd say the very first step is how much is my horse actually eating per day of each of the things in his diet? So the first would be the concentrate. And I always encourage people, if you're feeding one of our products, we have a quart to pound conversion because not all feeds are one pound per one quart. So maybe you think you're feeding four pounds and it's a dense feed and you're actually feeding six. That's an easy change we can make. So then we would look at the forage and unfortunately like the answer, oh, well, he gets three flakes three times a day isn't one that I can really do much with. So what I encourage people to do is just weigh their hay. You don't have to do it every single day, but if even if you weigh a couple flakes, get the average flake size, then we can figure out how much forage they're actually eating. A fish scale is really handy for this. It's an easy way that we can do that. So then we look at, all right, he's getting this much hay. He's getting this much concentrate. Where do we go next? The first step is always looking at your full concentrate and either going to a less calorie dense one. So if you're feeding calm ultra, 
12% fat, super high calorie. Maybe the first step is we change you to calm and easy, only 8% fat, moderate calorie. If you're feeding calm and easy at the minimum rate, yeah, we'd absolutely look at switching you just to a ration balancer like Essential K or Wholesome Blends Balancer. So it, it does vary quite a bit. So that's why we do those individual plans. But big picture, first step, we'd cut out the concentrate, but make sure we're still providing those additional nutrients in our ration balancer. And then if we do that, the horse hasn't lost weight. We've also looked at our exercise options. Then we're going to start looking at, all right, how much forage are they eating? How many calories are coming from their forage? So that's never the first thing we look at because it's the foundation of the horse's diet. But for the overweight horse, a lot of times we do have to address the forage portion of their diet in order to get them to a healthy weight and maintain it. That's going to be a good transition to, to hay. But you did say something that that clicked in me that, you know, talking about a flake of hay and how much it weighs. I remember I did this in South Carolina when I was giving a talk to a bunch of horse owners and I had a flake of alfalfa and a flake of coastal and I weighed it in front of them and said, look at the difference in weight. And it was like three pounds. And I said, <laughs> you know, it's not the same because, you know, alfalfa is so dense. And I was like, this is why we weigh our feeds before we, we hand them out. Or like you said, get an average flake size. And then you know how many pounds you're feeding your horse. You're right. Like poor Rocky. I'm thinking of him out there with his grazing muzzle. I know. How do He's you so adjust- mad at me? <laughs> <laughs> because it is, and it, it has so many implications. And, and we talk a lot about hay in this podcast and how important it is. So how do we carefully or safely adjust the forage portion of the diet of an overweight horse if, if that is a contributing problem? Yeah, absolutely. And I can use my personal example. Rocky is a real horse and he is unfortunately a fat horse. So he's just a very easy keeper. And he was on stall rest for a bit this winter. So I had to be very careful that even when I did all those things, he still gained weight. So he was kind of towards the top end of healthy going into stall rest and it just rapidly wants to creep up even as I'm, you know, really putting that attention on it. So One of the first things we can look at is the calorie density of our hay itself. So for a horse like Rocky, I'm not going to choose alfalfa hay because on average, alfalfa hay is going to be a lot more calorie dense pound for pound than a grass type hay. And there can even be some variation, of course, in the calorie density of grass type hays, but that's an easy switch to make. So if we have an overweight horse, we definitely wouldn't feed them the really, really rich alfalfa blend. I'd look at more grass type blends. This is where hay testing can be super helpful, but that's step one. So let's reduce the calorie density of the hay itself because I want to feed as much as possible. That's what's best for their digestive tract. Now, unfortunately, Rocky was on just grass hay and that was not enough. And of course he only got his essential K, nothing in addition to that. So the next step there is looking at how much am I actually feeding per day? So bare minimum to promote digestive function is 1% of their body weight on a dry matter basis. So for a thousand pound horse, that'd be 10 pounds on a dry matter basis. Hay is usually around 90% dry matter. So you're looking at 11 or 12 pounds of actual hay per day. And actually, actually, this is a funny little aside. Um, There was a study that looked at soaking hay 
And mm-hmm. they actually had to redo the study because when they were limiting hay, they did it on the dry basis. And when you soak hay, you lose some dry matter. And they ended up right. having digestive issues because they oh, wow. over limited the fiber. So you do have to yeah. be careful there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. But anyways, so weigh our hay. Look at what you're starting with. So if I was feeding two and a half percent of his body weight, I wouldn't go to one percent to start. That would be a drastic calorie reduction. I would think about, well, if I'm at two percent, I'd go to one and a half percent. I'd do that for a little while. If he still hasn't lost weight, I'd maybe go down to one percent. It really depends on the situation, but that's as low as we could possibly go. So in his case, I was feeding 1.25% of hay on a dry matter basis, and I fed it in a slow feed net. So multiple feedings per day, and I put it in a slow feed net to extend the amount of time because otherwise he would eat it really quickly. That's not great for digestive health or mentally either. So that's what we did while we were on stall rest. He was just getting hay and then his essential K to fill in the gap. And, you know, just hand walking, a little more hand walking. Oh, now we can tack walk. So (laughs) at least I was slowly getting to add exercise. Now he's being turned out. And as much as he would love to just go out on my lovely grass, grass pastures, and there is an advantage. He's out moving, right? So he's getting some natural exercise that's great for his brain. It's great for his joints. However, if he did not have a muzzle on, I just can't imagine how much he would consume each day because he goes to town. So (laughs) what I do to allow him to have time on pasture is I put him in a grazing muzzle that slows down his rate of consumption, but he still gets all of the other good things that come from being out on pasture. You know, one approach that you can try to take is limiting time on pasture, but Unfortunately, a lot of times that doesn't actually work because horses know they have a limited time to graze. So they'll spend less of their time socializing or dozing when they get short turnout. Research has actually shown that they consume grass more quickly. So sometimes just that limited turnout doesn't end up working because they just consume so much more in a short amount of time. No, Nicole, I heard you bring up soaking and, and it clicked to me. Is, is that something you would you would do for an overweight horse? I mean, to reduce that sugar content of hay? You know, soaking is a major, major investment in time. And it can be a giant pain in the butt as well. Mm-hmm. So my recommendation would be to test the hay before we thought about having to soak it in most situations. Because if it's already a relatively low sugar starch hay, not going to get that much lower by soaking. So generally I'm more focused, especially for the overweight horse on just being really strict about how much they are fed. It's very rare that I might implement that soaking in addition to that. That being said, kind of like the example, you do have to be careful. You can't completely limit feed hay and then soak on top of it because you'll get below their dry matter needs to support their digestive function doing that. Yeah. Yeah. That's something you just always see, but yeah. Any other final tips? I mean, you, you were talking about exercise. So something that you'd want to obviously gradually introduce to them if, if they're not in a training program. Absolutely. And it can be tough because there are horses with injuries or life situations where they can't exercise, but for the overweight horse, gentle exercise to the extent that they are able to is a great way to help maintain their body condition. It can be difficult for the really easy keepers to do it with nutrition alone. So for that reason, whenever possible, we do recommend adding in that exercise, especially if it gets your easy keeper to where you don't have to so dramatically restrict them. They're, they're generally happy horses if they can eat a little bit more forage and then offset some of those calories through work. 
Yeah, it's just like people. Yeah, it's just like people. <laughs> yeah. Weight loss programs, just just for horses. Well, I think we'll leave it at that. It, it, it's it, this one is is big because it is a common issue in horses, you know, especially in the United States or Canada and North America. But for the listeners, thank you so much for following. Again, you know, if you could share the, these episodes with with your equine enthusiast friends, we always appreciate it. If you can leave us a, a review, five-star review on iTunes, that helps our circulation as well. But thank you so much for listening. And next week, we're going to go at the other end, right? Uh, the underweight yes. horse. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Fat and then underweight. We're going to cover all the options here on the podcast. <laughs> all right. Well, take care and we'll talk to you next week. Thanks, Chris.